in the brambles. It was a cold day in early January. The sky had threatened snow since the first grey light of morning, but so far only a few dismal flakes had drifted down, powdering the crazy paving in the garden and then hardening into crusty ice. The birds sat silently on the bare branches of the apple tree, looking chilly and miserable. Occasionally one of them would fly down and peck vainly at the frozen soil, then, giving it up as a bad job, flutter up into the apple tree again. The iron sky frowned, and the day was long and heavy. "'I wish it would snow,' muttered Graham, half to himself. Mrs. Bedford, his mother, stood at the sink, peeling potatoes and looking out into the garden. "'Heaven preserve us if it does. Your father will get his twinges again, and then where will we be? We're supposed to be going to your Auntie Stella's on Sunday.' "'Oh, no.' Oh, yes. What are you pulling faces for now? I thought you liked going to Auntie Stella's. You hardly ever see them. It's Mandy. What's wrong with Mandy? She's growing into a proper young lady. Yeah, she's a snob. All she ever talks about is riding school and the boys she met at the tennis club. Oh, really, Graham? Anyway, I'm fed up. I wish I was back at school. Oh, no, I don't. We'd be doing physics now. Hey, it's beginning to snow. "'Oh, my goodness! Your father'll go mad! Here, take the peelings up to the top of the garden, will you, dear? Hurry up before it comes on heavy!' "'Yes, Mum.' "'Put your shoes on, you'll get your slippers wet.' "'Yes, Mum.' "'And put your anorak on, too. I'm only going—' "'You heard me!' "'Yes, Mum.' Graham slipped on his old anorak and took the dripping colander from his mother. "'Don't dawdle up there. There's half a blizzard coming up.' Graham slammed the kitchen door behind him. "'And don't slam the door!' "'Really, that boy!' She dried her hands and went into the front room. The path was slippery, and Graham half ran, half slid his way up the garden. His breath hung in misty clouds at his lips. He ducked under the low branches of the apple tree, and as he did so, his anorak became caught in the brambles. For some reason, nobody had bothered to touch the bramble patch this year, and it had already begun to take over the strawberry bed and the lettuce frames. Not that Graham minded— He had always disliked gardens in which the plants were all in neat rows, and the grass was cut just to the right height to see the plastic dwarves. The tangled mass of brambles at the top of the garden made the place look a little more exciting. Indeed, there was something about the twisted thicket against the dark sky that was a little frightening. But today it was just annoying. Graham yelled as he scratched the back of his hand on the thorns trying to free his anorak. The colander tipped, and the peelings were scattered all over the path. "'Damn!' he pulled at his anorak in a sudden fit of anger, and it tore. "'Oh, blimey, now I've done it!' Freed, he examined the damage to his hand and his anorak, neither of which was irreparable, and bent down to pick up the spilt peelings. Suddenly, something moved behind him. At first he thought it was a cat, or even a bird, in the brambles, but from the way the entire mesh of brambles was shaking, it seemed to be a bigger animal than that.' He stopped gathering up the peelings and stood up, watching. The sky had darkened, the snow was falling more heavily than ever. Curious and not a little unnerved by the horrid stillness that had fallen, Graham scanned the bramble patch, not moving a muscle in case he frightened whatever it was away. Nothing. The patch was absolutely still. Wait. There, in the thickest, darkest part of the patch, His eyes met the gaze of another two eyes, large and shining. Graham drew a quick breath with surprise. 
He knew the eyes were human. They looked back at him with intelligence and not a little enmity. His first thought was to turn and run for it, but suppose he got caught in the brambles again and whoever it was jumped from their hiding place and caught him. On the other hand, he could hardly stand there and gaze like an idiot at the mysterious eyes until one of them froze to death. So he said, in a very low and hoarse voice, Who are you? No answer.